It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There has been no movement as far as the edge rusher. The biggest, I think, personnel question, the roster question, there really hasn't even been many rumors, Dan. I think the Bears seem intent on waiting until they reconvene to see what other teams may do with their rosters before they address the biggest hole remaining on theirs. Sure. And and the other part of this is that even NFL general managers and front office people like to take vacation at this time of year. So they, they, they get away from it a little bit and it will probably be in the you know 10 days or so leading up to training camp that a little bit more activity is uh, out there, perhaps even some chatter. And, and we'll keep tabs on that. Um, I thought it'd be fun today uh, and this episode and then the following episode next week to go through the questions we have position by position about this Bears team as they get ready to report to training camp next month i thought it'd be good to start with the defense we can save the offense for a week from now and just kind of kind of zero in you know like i say position by position on the biggest question i have at each position group you can tell me whether you agree it's if it's the right question and what your answers to that is um but i guess starting out you you tell me would you rather go back to front or front to back because i think it's sort of the uh, pecking order of the the level of concern I think well. I would start uh, – let's start up front. Let's go front to back, starting with the defensive front, because I do think that when you talk about the Bears' defense and how it will be defined, and we'll get to some of the evaluations of the linebacking core later, but yeah. how you look at the Bears defensively begins – everything starts up front. Which is what we talked about all through March and April. And here we are now still asking these questions. And so I'll start at the defensive end position, kind of touching on what you just talked about. I think the obvious question would be, who is it? <laughs> Who's going to sign with the Bears? Who's going to be uh, someone that can come in and help enliven that pass rush? Well, that leads me to my question of the, the person that they did sign. And it is, is Demarcus Walker's bite? as big as his bark. (laughs) You know, we talked last week about how uh, he certainly talks a good game and he's on his fourth team in seven seasons. The bears gave him $15.7 million guaranteed on a three-year $21 million deal, which is certainly um, a statement of belief that they think he can be a pass rushing weapon for him. uh, And not just situationally like he was uh, for the Titans. And before that with the Texans and Broncos. And so my question there is for you is, is Demarcus Walker's bite as big as his bark? I don't think that, I, I, you can say the answer is yes. Yeah. I, I tend not to like, and, and, I, and I'll come out wrong. I, I, I don't always um, recommend players joining new teams or when, regardless of the sport, when you see a player joining a new team who is maybe marginally qualified and, and th- we're not talking about uh, DeMarcus Walker is not a pro bowl pass rusher. He's not a Pro Bowl anything, and in, 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 he's not an all-star level player. If you are, then you join a new team and you sign a contract and you, it's a free agent thing. Be as bold as you want. So when a guy's talking bigger than he's playing, then I start to wonder exactly what you have in that player. I think he creates an unnecessary set of expectations and brings unwarranted attention on himself. So I don't know why – we would the answer be of course he's going to be you know worth that because right now i just want i like guys who just play now talk later yeah 
And, and we'll see which direction it goes. You know, the, the, the guy that this reminded me the most of, as we've kind of gotten to know DeMarcus Walker a little bit better through the spring, is Pernell McPhee. And Pernell McPhee was a guy who signed a, almost a similar deal coming over from the Ravens um, way back when. And he, he had $15.5 million guaranteed from the Bears on a five-year, $38.8 million deal that he obviously didn't get to the end of. And McPhee was one of those guys who was a Wednesday and Thursday star. You know, you'd go in the locker room and all the cameras would go to him and they'd get your recorder out and you didn't want to miss what he was going to say because it was always going to be colorful. It was always going to be entertaining. It was always going to be full of passion. And you just loved having him in the locker room for the sake of doing our jobs. And then he missed a lot of games on the field because he was hurt. I think he missed 12 games during his four years with the Bears. And I think ultimately uh, 14 sacks as a Chicago Bear, which is not what you pay for when you're when you're you know giving a guy a five-year 38.8 million dollar contract and so demarcus walker is going to have to make sure that's not who he is that he produces more than just sound bites on wednesday and thursday because the bears are going to need a lot up front to to get their defense humming but the question would be was was he like that in tennessee was he like that with a previous you know, team and market. And, and I, I don't have any indication that and talk to some people down there. I know some people in, in Nashville and somebody with the Titans. I think he was considered a solid guy, not necessarily somebody who who's, you know, could, whose mouth wrote checks, his body couldn't cash, as they say. Yeah. So this was a little bit of a surprise. But, hey, it's early the offseason. We focus on those things. He has one good game and gets off to a good start and is a good piece of that part of that rotation. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. Well, look, and I remember talking to Mike Vrabel at the owners' meetings in March and him really expressing his um, gratitude for having seen DeMarcus Walker have the breakthrough that he had in 2022. And so, you know, the Bears love the passion. They love that that edge and the, the ability to kind of, you know, give that edge to people around them. And they're hoping that that tone-setting energy is something that helps them in some way, shape, or form. We'll see when the games start being played what the production looks like. Um, obviously, we know they're at a, a, a position there, a group that that needs more. Travis Gibson, Dominique Robinson are going to be pushed to try to, to, to have bigger years this year than they had a year ago. Um, you've got Terrell Lewis in the mix, had some some, some nice moments during OTAs and minicamp. And so now it is just about finding somebody uh, on the edge that that can give you that 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 push. Is there anybody? I mean, what are the other options? He's going to get a, a chance by default, really. Oh, no he? question. He's going to have to play. Uh, it, it just represents to when they got him. I didn't think that he was going to be all. He's a very he's a complimentary piece, but he's not the main piece, and that's why I think when you talk about this Bears defensive front and some of these expectations that we're seeing expressed about the Bears season overall. I hesitate only because there are so many questions that, you know, you could point out. We could talk, spend the entire time talking about the Bears defensive line and go by player by player. And really the narrative would start to sound the same. I mean, it's not being negative. It's being realistic that you have unproven guys who are going to get opportunities. But for them to succeed, they're going to all have to take advantage of them. Perfect segue. We'll move inside to the defensive tackle position because my my biggest question at defensive tackle is how quickly can Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens make a significant impact. These are two guys that the Bears use day two draft picks on, hybrid defensive tackles that they're, they're looking to get the most out of, guys that they think have not reached uh, anywhere near their potential in college and that they can squeeze even more out of them at the, at the pro level. And so now it is, how quickly can that happen? And, and, and look, Javon Dexter is one of those guys, David, that you watch on the practice field and you see the traits. You understand why the Bears were uh, attracted to that 
size, that athleticism, that kind of skill set. Well, now you kind of trying to convert him a little bit um, and, and making him do things that he wasn't asked to do in college. And you're hopeful that not only can he make a significant impact as a rookie, but then he becomes a guy that becomes a second contract guy for you, you know, four or five years down the road and becomes a cornerstone of your defense. Well, you know, that's a good one. And, and whether it's it's Dexter or, or, or Pickens, I, I do think this about these guys. I, and I, I always hesitate when I, when I refer to them because I lump them. We almost talk about them as yeah, a tandem. Collective. Yeah, agree. And, and, and it takes me back to, because I've been around here long enough to, to like, it, I remember we used to talk about Tommy Tank Harris and Tommy. Johnson. Yep. Yeah, as a tandem. And so when I see these guys as a tandem, I think about, well, geez, you know, if they could grow together and develop at a similar pace, the Bears really do have something here or they could. And so, like, when I look at this season, I don't expect that to happen immediately because over time you think they will grow together and get better. So when I look at the de- defensive line and I, and I look at, like, what is the what, – what, who is the guy that represents maybe the, the expectations that maybe – unrealistic from, from a veteran standpoint, I think the rookies are going to be good at some point. Those are investments over yep. time. Andrew Billings is a guy that they signed with, with heavy expectations. And I think that heavy you know, expectations, want, nice, nicely done there. What, what, what do you have? <laughs> what, what do you have there in, in him? And uh, I, I'm not sure. And I, and I think that he could be a huge part of this defense, no pun intended there, but he yeah. is a mountain of a man. And, and it just depends on his health his ability to to impact um, the, everyone else on on that front uh, on the front four and and occupy attention and and I just don't know I think Andrew Billings to me is is as I'm just curious about his development as anybody because I do expect the rookies to eventually be pretty good yeah and Billings is going to be a guy that should be able to hold down the nose for you and then when you get into your pass rushing downs will come off the field and 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 you know seed playing time to maybe two of these other guys and it's really gonna be interesting because you talk to defensive coaches inside the building David and when they talk about Dexter they talk about the two gap system that he was asked to play at in Florida and basically you know off the snap moving horizontally with the offensive lineman and now they're asking him to use that that frame and that explosion and athleticism to go vertically to get inside and dent the pocket and get after the quarterback and they think that they can can mold this guy but right now he's just a raw block of clay that they've got to figure out what to do with is a kid that um, was a basketball player for a long time you know and so has natural athleticism natural footwork but hasn't been playing football at a high level for a really long time and so it, this is a, a a real dice roll on traits it's a real dice roll on coaching and now you've got to figure out a way to squeeze the most out of this to, to help again a defensive front that that is already lacking on the outside and now you need to, to get some answers in the middle as well neither one of us mentioned justin jones and and i do wonder what do you expect from justin jones this year because he's a guy that the bears bristled when when wondering about the three techniques saying they already had a guy he certainly is is a big talker and isn't afraid to you know say things to try to back them up I don't know what to expect out of him because I, I just don't don't know that we saw enough in year one to be too overconfident heading into year two. Yeah, I, I think Justin Jones is a a um, decent starting defensive tackle, particularly at the three tech position going forward. And I don't have many questions about him because I'm not expecting 
grand accomplishments and I'm not expecting him to be a failure. He's just kind of one of those guys that, that you know what you're getting out of him week by week. And it's not always going to be um, jump off the, the TV screen impressive, but he, he's a guy that will start for you and, and hopefully bring some of these guys along and we'll just be a key piece in the machine until they find a better piece to go into the machine. <laughs> you know, big picture wise, you take a step back and you look at where the bears are uh, about, uh, you know, almost 18 months into the Ryan Poles era. And he hired Matt Eberflus as, as his number one, uh, thing on his list of to-do things. It, he had a defensive-minded head coach, and we're still talking, you know, heading into season two about the biggest questions being on the defensive line. And, and I don't, I, I didn't expect that. You know, I think so. The, the, we're starting at the appropriate spot when we're talking about the roster and the questions that exist because I think the biggest ones would remain edge rusher and, and the interior defense, your front four, if you will. And for a defensive-minded head coach who came here because of his success as a coordinator, I'm somewhat surprised that that's the reality because they have devoted so much attention and time and resources to the offense. I'm surprised that they have neglected the defense. They wouldn't use that verb. It's my word, not theirs. But I do think there's a there are signs of neglect on the defensive front. Yeah, neglect's a strong word for me. Um, I think obviously they're at a a period in their building process where you have to um, devote a lot of resources to getting your answer on on the quarterback, and that'll be a, a huge conversation for next week. And, and and to some extent, there's an expense that comes with that because you can't do everything all at once.